Yes, it's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans at the lovely Columns Hotel on St. Charles Avenue. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet just two of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans. And you'll get to hear some music as well, some live music. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun and enjoy great music. But you probably know that already. So let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of happy hour together, my special guest sitting around the table here at the Collins Hotel are Christy Lorio. Not Hello. many people describe themselves as slow, <laughs> but Christy Lorio does. Christy blogs as slow southern style, which has become something of a fashion authority showcasing southern designers. Christy's also a wardrobe consultant and a freelance fashion writer for a range of publications, as hip as the Oxford American, and as drab as Gift Shop Magazine. You really write for Gift Shop Magazine. I did, I oh, did. You did. <laughs> Christy Lorio is the manager of the local hipster Buffalo Exchange Vintage Clothing Store on Magazine Street. Where in 2010, Christy, this is exciting. You were employee of the year. I was, yeah. My goodness, congratulations! <laughs> Thank that's you. Quite a deal. How many parking spaces do you get for employee of the year? Actually, I get none. None. Well, yeah. that's <laughs> so much for that. Brian Perkins <laughs> is sitting here to my right, also known as Mr. Wine. Yes. Brian was born and raised in Treme. He's a connoisseur of fine wine. He's marketed champagne for Moet. Been the wine director at Galatoire's and is currently in sales and marketing at the purveyor of fine wines. If you bought wine at Martin's Wine Cellar anywhere between 1986 and 2000, that's a long time. That was 14, 15 years. 15 years. My math is off by one. You'll recognize Brian Perkins as the go-to wine guy who is your reliable wine advisor. Unable to survive an entire hour without wine, Brian has bought a bunch of bottles for us to sample here on Happy Hour. We've already started with champagne. We'll get to that in just a minute. Brian, thanks for joining us. Well, here. Thank you for having me. And on piano across the room is the fabulous, talented, charming, and always gorgeous Mitchell Foreman. Mitch, that was beautiful today. Thank you very much. Mitch, how are you? I'm fantastic. You, you look fantastic. You look even better than ever. What, have you been uh, working out? I've been working out and doing all my, uh, you know, my vocal exercises, which is why yeah. I sound so good. You do sound good. So Christy and Brian don't, don't know anything about you. So I thought I'd ask you one question, then they can ask you a question each as well. How about that for an idea? Wow. Okay. Okay. So I was just thinking today when we were on the way here that, um, that you, Mitch has played the piano on our show here now for how long? This is our like 60th show or 65th show or something. Over a year, we've, almost two years we've done this show. And I don't, I don't think I've ever asked you a single question about your background at all. So people don't know that you're actually a monster jazz piano player. Well, monster is a relative term. Monster of jazz. Mitch was in the. He it was in John McLaughlin's Mar Vishnu Orchestra. He played with Stan Getz. Oh yeah. At the Wayne Shorter Quartet. Wayne Shorter was, of course, the seminal saxophone player from Weather Report. What else have you done, Mitch, that we should know about? Uh, you know, I've played with a lot of people and uh, done a lot I, of drugs. <laughs> done a lot of what? Drugs. <laughs> well, no, so no that's sure. an exaggeration. I have, I have a question for him. Go yes. ahead, Brian. It's, um, you know, I grew up in the Treme here in New Orleans and went to school with uh, Carmen Ruffins and Donald Harrison and all those guys. Uh -huh. uh, but I never played any instruments. But I have a question for you. Are, are your fingers insured? Uh, no, they're not, actually. Huh, you should think about that. An, are you an insurance? Brian, you've never been an insurance. I've never have been you? insured, but my tongue well, is insured. Your tongue is insured? Yes. Against what? I know some guys that insure their hands. Yeah, you have to, because whatever you make a living with is, is a valuable part. For instance, you know, when Jennifer Lopez got her booty insured mm -hmm. back in the late 90s, she it did? all became a mm -hmm. craze. Yeah, and, uh, I really? do have that. I do have my booty insured. Yeah, well, yeah, you, well, you is, have to. You have uh, to. Uh, everyone who doesn't. But yeah, yeah, but if I bite off my tongue in the middle of a car accident or something like that, I don't have a way of making a livelihood. So it's so insured. Your livelihood totally depends on wine tasting. No, but a large part of it, of my ability to be on the acquisition side of buying wine has to do with my tongue and tasting and making sure I don't put hot things on it, too hot, scalding your wow. taste buds. Don't bring them back. Once you burn them once, they don't come back. Is that right? Yeah, so I have to be very careful of what I put on my tongue. When did you figure out that you had a, a sensitive tongue? Because I, could I tell? No, every was, everyone everyone has one. You have to develop it over years of uh, consuming too much wine, or uh, just in general. The more wine you drink, the drier your taste becomes. It's a natural evolution of of the human, you know, anatomy. Uh, Say that again. The more wine you drink, yeah. the drier your taste becomes. The drier. Meaning, what does that mean? Growing up here in the South, I grew up on Kool Aid. 
yeah. like most kids in, in the South. And then, of course, you, go, you grow you up. You can't say Kool-Aid now without thinking yeah. about all those dead bodies well. in Jamestown. Oh, that's or Jonestown wrong. or whatever. That's all I think of. <laughs> Don't you think of that, Mitch? No, no. I think Brian, of a, a, a big, a big jar with a smiley face on it is what I think. Really? Kool Aid. I think of bloated bodies lying in the sun <laughs> in Uganda or Guyana or wherever that was. What do you think of, Christy, when you hear the words Kool Aid? Kool Aid? Yeah. Well, you know, we used to um, dye our hair with Kool Aid back in like the nineties. You know, like when you couldn't, like your mom wouldn't let you buy hair dye, so you would like. Dip your hair. I didn't do it, but I knew a couple of people who did. You would like put your whole head in Kool Aid, and then your hair would be like whatever color. So think about like what that's doing. You're drinking that. You mean it's dye? It actually stains yeah, like your stains hair your dye. hair. So that's what I always think about Kool Aid. Yeah, so that's the first thing you think of when you think of Kool Aid. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mitch, what do you think of? You know what? I think I think of the drink. Yeah. Back in the day. You so know? I'm the only one who thinks of these b- dead bodies. That yeah, it's a close Pretty second much. for me. Hmm. So it's a close second. Okay, so it still is. I wonder if they ever got over that Kool Aid, really. You know, <laughs> I don't if think they've changing. <laughs> I wonder if they thought of changing the name of Kool Aid after that. Anyway, so you know, yeah. so you grew up on Kool Aid. Yeah, and, and the more you drink, for instance, just watch the evolution here from Kool Aid to Coca Cola. Yeah. Then you went to a wine spritzer or a daiquiri. Then you went to a white Riesling, and then you went to a Chardonnay. It's all sweet. And it's getting so drier. It's right, getting drier. right, right. And then once you get from the Chardonnay, you go to Sauvignon Blanc, and then from there you start tasting reds, and you start with a light reds, maybe a port or something fortified, and then over time you get develop more taste. But you have to drink often. You don't do this overnight. For instance, if you only drink wine once a month, it, it, it won't develop that way. It's someone who has a glass with dinner every night. You start off as a wanting the sugar because Americans are addicted to sugar. I mean, mm. this is the only country that's really a sugar holic. Well, so the rest of Europe and places like that, when I travel, you know, Coca-Cola, you have to really ask for it. They don't have it laying around there for you. It's, it's, a, it's not a beverage of choice. Well, that's not what we get to believe from living here. I thought Coca-Cola was the sort of, you know, universal, universal drink. Drink, didn't you think? No, not at all. It's not. You have to ask for Coke. Just like you, ice cubes are not universal. No, nobody has ice except the United no, States. No. No, yeah. You have so, to ice somewhere else. They put two little ice cubes right, in a drink. Right, right. It's embarrassing. Well, it's a different culture. We're a young country with, with, with new Tons cultures. We're learning. We're learning. Why, why did you get onto wine, though? I mean, most people who grew up in Treme did not. Most no, of them went uh, on to beer or, you right. know, pot or something. You know, I never, I never did drink right. beer. Um, and I never drank hard alcohol. Well, I just, my mom didn't drink. My dad didn't drink. My, right. uh, no one in my family did. But every once in a while, we'd see some boom form around the hood. And that's about <laughs> Strawberry Hill. Strawberry right. Hill was, was the drink of choice. But that's about it. But uh, I got fascinated in wine when I was, it was a vanity thing. Actually, I was going, to, getting ready to go to college and... Uh, I was working at Wendy's all through high school, and I didn't want to work at a Wendy's and go to college because I thought it wasn't going to be cool. So I asked one of my clients, I said, i got to get a new job. And the girl worked with me says, my mom works at a place that will hire almost anybody during the holiday the post season. post office. No, well, during Christmas, you hire, anyone will hire you because they just need bodies. So right. they, uh, I went up to Martin Wine Cellar right around the corner from where we are and uh, put on a suit, and I walked in the door, and he says, you're hired. I didn't fill out the application. Really? I, they gave me the sheet, and I filled it, started filling it out. He said, you're hired. Come in, come back tomorrow. <laughs> and so I started as just stocking shelves. And over, over the time, I got fascinated with these guys talking about these buttery flavors and wine and all these other aromas. And I just became fascinated with the grape. So that's how it happened. But that was 86. I was 18 years old. So it's lucky you wandered into Martin's Wine Cellar and not, you know... The post office, which actually was right next door to it right, back right. in the day. It, it was all because of my high school job that I found my passion, really. It Just was because you, really what drove you there was because you're embarrassed to say you worked at Wendy's. Exactly. And the chicks, you know, chicks, chicks didn't, didn't dig, dig that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Did the, did the wine work? Did chicks? Absolutely. You could, you could pick up chicks on that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's it's the most well fascinating uh, field you can work in because people drink when they're happy. They drink when they're sad. So there's really no downtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's not seasonal. It's not seasonal. So what are we drinking here? We've got some sort of fancy champagne. Well, we've got a beautiful uh, champagne from one of the best uh, champagne houses in the world. It's called Billy Cart Samon, which is a brute reserve. It's a non-vintage, which means... It doesn't have one particular grape year in it, just for you know the novice. It's uh, but it's an incredible cuvee blend. It is a tete de cuvee style house that has 
uh, world-renowned uh, rankings of always in the top five champagnes in the world. And so I thought I'd treat you to something really special. You really today. have? How much would we have to pay for this if we were going to buy it? Oh, in a retail store, it would be somewhere, depending on the market you're in, between 75 and 100 Wow. Well, we got ourselves a seventy-five to hundred-dollar bottle of champagne here, fancy, just for us sitting fancy around. Fancy over here. here. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of it, Eric? Eric works. You like it? Okay. Chris, Once what did again, you think? it's crisp and dry. It's lovely. Yeah, it's nice apple overtones to it, but it's bone dry on the finish, which means the residual sugar doesn't linger in your mouth, so you, it makes you thirsty for more. That's what Chris was predicting going to say, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not a big champagne guy, but it is delicious. Okay. When was the last glass of you champagne should. you had? Do you? Do you date? Yeah. Well, you should learn. <laughs> well, I have a girlfriend. Well, you should learn. <laughs> so even with back. your girlfriend, you should learn to enjoy champagne. You know why? It goes through your bloodstream faster than any other alcoholic beverages because of carbonation. Uh, I always start the evening with a young lady with a glass of champagne, maybe a bottle. Why, what is the big I'll deal about that. going through your system fast? So you don't stay it goes drunk? Through, it goes through your bloodstream faster, so it gets, it gets the evening started earlier. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So you're not plastered, you mean? No, no. It goes to the young early. ladies. You're past bloodstream oh, much faster. You get drunk and drunk quicker. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I completely misunderstood the whole thing. Like a little bit will get you done early if uh, she's not a heavy drinker, and so that makes your ah, evening easier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like when you shoot up, Grant. It's like right in the vein. Yeah. 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 So it's like same thing. It's right. straight to the head. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Now, you said that in language I understand. Got it. You see, this is, <laughs> you're talking about shooting up. Hey, listen, um, Christy. It says here in this bio I read of you that you grew up in, this, in a swamp. I, I, I t- almost grew up in a swamp, yes. I grew up... Um, Is it a reality show? It could have been. It was before. It, it, it probably could have been. Yeah. I grew up um, in Marrero on the West Bank. Yes. So it was like literally, my neighborhood was literally my house, and then the levee, and then the swamp. So, so you know little Doogie. Yeah, I guess I'm very familiar with Little Doogie. I love Little Doogie from Marrero. Uh-huh. You got to have Little Doogie on the show. Who is Little Doogie? <laughs> He's a puppet. He's a puppet. But from Marrero. From Marrero. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean he's a puppet? He's a rapper puppet from Marrero. Is he? He's unbelievable. You should have Lil Doogie on the show. We definitely should have Lil Doogie on the yeah. show. Yeah. Jay, come have a glass of champagne. I'm okay today, You good? Okay. Jay's so, here from, uh, from Juan's Flying Burrito. The white. Slice pizzeria today. What's Slice, that? Slice pizzeria. Slice pizzeria today. Yeah. I'm sorry. Good point. Yeah, but so you should, uh, I'm going to give you Doogie. information for okay. LilDoogie.com. Yeah, LilDoogie's is, hilarious. Is How old is Little Doogie? Little Doogie is a grown man. I think he's an accountant in town somewhere, but he's, uh, he's funny. And he, you, you could, I mean, it's so, so cheesy yeah. the way it's done with the puppet. You can see the hand and everything, but he is hilarious. He sounds like a brother from the Trim A, but I think he's a, he's a, he's a white or Indian guy. Yeah, well, it's, it's like two guys. There's yeah, yeah. like Balzac. Yeah, he's yeah, like Balzac. a local. Yeah, a local musician. And then there's another guy. I can't yeah. remember his name now. Off the top of my head, but um, it's he, like yeah, he's just like a white dude with the. Yeah. It's like it's so it, it, funny. It is the funniest thing I've ever seen. But he sounds like guys that I grew up with. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric knows him as well. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm real. Yeah. <laughs> so what was going on? I mean, Marrero is not that far out of New Orleans. It's you know. It's not. Twenty it's, minutes. Yeah, it's not even twenty minutes. Not yeah, either. something like Nothing that. Nothing's more than fifteen minutes here. Well, okay. depending on where you go, I I grew up like way in the depths of of the Marrero, so probably more like half an hour. Jean Lafitte. Yeah, 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 right next to Jean Lafitte. Actually, that was right where I grew up. Was Jean Lafitte National Park was my basically my backyard. Okay, yeah. well, that's so. nice out there. When you say swamp, it sounds all sort of. Not good, but Jean Lafitte National No, it is a swamp. It's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Beautiful. It's not in the summer. You can't go outside Mosquitoes. after 8 p.m. Yeah. Did you? I, I remember when I was a little kid, we would come out to the... Um, so my mom always played piano, so we would come out and during the summer and go to these summer concerts outdoors. And when I was like eight years old, I'm like, where... I couldn't believe I was sitting outside, you know, because the mosquitoes right. are so bad. Once the sun goes down, you literally... I mean, they're so big, too. They're like the size of, like, pterodactyls. Yeah. You know, they like, carry you away and you'll never see you again. Mm. So <laughs> they're huge. <laughs> Did you... Did your mom play the piano professionally, or she just played around the house? She played. I think she went. She actually went to school. She actually used to teach piano lessons. Okay. So Yeah. At your house, people come over. Mm-hmm. For piano lessons? Yeah, at the house. She still has the baby grand. How annoying was that as a kid? It was interesting. I loved it actually. Um, I grew up from a very musical household. My gr- my papa played the trumpet, and you know I played the flute from fourth grade until 
through college. So and we've got your flute right here. We got here. it. Yeah, we're gonna do some. Uh, Dustin some, off gonna, the old. We're gonna flute. try and make you play a little bit in, 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 in a minute. <laughs> Maybe a couple more glasses of champagne. While. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so now I see we've moved on to a gla- to white wine yeah, here. Now this I, is a, I have a white be wine. Drunk out of our minds. <laughs> this is uh, the. Aren't you supposed to spit this out, by the way? Uh, that's if you're a professional. No, we're not. Right? We're well, not. you are a professional, though. Right? <laughs> I'm a professional alcoholic. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I've actually heard, isn't it true if you keep the wine in your mouth, you still get drunk because your mouth absorbs it or something? Well, there's something called a spittoon that you have at a large tasting when you're having, like, for instance, this morning at eight at 9 o'clock, uh, I had a supplier come in with uh, 35 wines. We had to, my boss and I had to go through and, Taste. So, of course, we use a spittoon for that many wines. Oh, how in, disgusting. In what minutes. a thought. Nine o'clock so, in the morning, you're having a glass of wine, and you're spitting it out in a bucket or something. Yeah, well, we have a special sink at work that has rotating water, but a spittoon is just a bucket. It's like going that, to the dentist. Remember yeah. you go to the dentist and yeah. use yeah, 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 yeah. Same thing. Same kind of thing. So we have one of those in the office. That's and nice. uh, Of course, nice when I have that many wines, I, I've, uh, I, we definitely do spit. And there's an art to it. Or if not, you'll just slobber all over yourself. Can you, you, gotta, you really got to angle it really? out and, and shoot it out. It's like, like, it's like chewing tobacco. Kind of so, yeah, yeah. Do you chew yeah. tobacco? Not at all. No, you should start because you'd be a natural. <laughs> so nine o'clock. In the I got morning, enough get, bad habits. Where's your office? Ten uh, forty magazine, right across from the D Day Museum. Beautiful um, yeah. facility, right downtown in the Hardest. What do you have for breakfast? I just told you I had a Chardonnay, a Sauvignon Blanc. No, no, what do you have before you... That's, <laughs> I don't, you don't get up and have I'm a cup of coffee. I'm not a breakfast guy. Now. You don't get up and have a cup of coffee. You know, yeah, you know, I did have an espresso this morning to get me going, but that's it. I had that and uh, wine and had lunch around noon. Had, does it, does the coffee mess up? It doesn't mess up your taste buds then. No, not no, it won't because of the tannins uh, in coffee beans are very similar to tannins in red wine. Okay, so a guy comes. Is, is a, there's a sales guy comes into your office, right? Yes. So you're a wine merchant. You sell. No, I am. Do, I am the do? actual wholesale. We're the wholesale company. Pavere Fine Wines is the actual wholesale company. So we're an importer too. So okay. we import wines from other countries, bring them in, and we distribute. So you can only be a wholesaler or a retailer. You can't have dual license. Um, by law, but there are a few exceptions, of course. But uh, for I the mean, most part, you can't have that. So I sell to the Columns Hotel. I would sell. I would sell ah. to the Columns Hotel, okay. and I'm pretty sure we do. But uh, I would sell to a bar, a restaurant, a hotel, or someone like that. So I can't sell directly to an individual. Okay. So someone's selling to you. So that you can right. sell it on. So this so guy he's that comes a, in this he's morning. A, he's an importer. Okay. He's got 35 bottles of wine. Yes. And he's trying to get you to buy them so that you can then sell them more to these various He's trying to get me to town. be the local representative. The, you yeah. can only have one per state. For instance, there's only for this champagne. You can only have one distributor in each state. So that's this no price the, fixing. This is on. the law. This is the law. So Jack Daniels is only distributed by one company, just to give you an idea. Okay. It's not multiples, because you would have multiple prices going out all the time, if, and so it, it controls that part. I don't see what would be wrong with having multiple prices. It would make it cheaper, wouldn't it? Uh, not necessarily. Have you ever done business in Louisiana? <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. But this is, this, is this this case in every state or just every state? Every state have 50 So only one guy in the whole of California stars. is allowed to sell yes. wine to the whole of California. The whole, whole state. of Texas. Or the All whole Texas, of Texas, yes. Wow. Yeah. So how did, okay, so this guy comes in to sell your stuff, and you've got to taste 35 bottles of wine and tell him that you think this one sucks and this one's great. Pretty much. It's up to you. It's your decision. Pretty much. It's so my mind. You can decide for the whole of Louisiana what we're going to drink in the case of this distributor. Yes. That's a, quite a responsibility. It's a beautiful thing. And he doesn't have, <laughs> and he, this guy doesn't have a hope in hell of getting anyone in Louisiana to drink it if you don't like it at 9 o'clock this morning. Or he goes on, he'll move on to another distributor if he doesn't like my answers and take his portfolio somewhere else. So he could else. go somewhere to another but, Yeah, but oh, I, I already have half his book anyway, so he's not going anywhere. Okay. So he bought uh, 35. I, I probably enjoyed 12. Uh, just because of saturation of the of repetitive things. So, if you already have a nice Chilean selection, you don't need more Chilean. If you don't, you need more Bordeaux. If you don't have a lot of Bordeaux, right. of course. So, you got to evaluate it on what the needs and what the market will bear. Mm. Okay, let, look, we're going to talk about. It's not fa- just my taste. Let's talk. Let's talk about fashion and your taste in fashion, Christine, in a minute. Okay. But first of all, let's make Mitch Foreman play the piano. Okay. Mitchie, what are you thinking of playing for us today? I'm going to play a song called My Romance by Rogers and Hart. Okay. If I may. You may. It goes something like this. Okay. 
Yes. Beautiful. My romance. Oh, Mitch Foreman. Rogers, was it Rogers and Hart's time? Rogers and Hart, yes. Hey, Mitch, that was beautiful. By the t- While you were playing that, did you see what happened? That Jay from... Uh, from Sliced Pizzeria showed up with a whole bunch of food here. Now oh, got, my goodness. I'm now, look at all this. Today. We've got meatballs. We've got tomato bruschetta. Wow. And uh, you know that down at Sliced Pizzeria, they make these meatballs. Hey, you guys dig in. Look. Brian, help yourself. This yeah. goes with the white wine, right? Does it go with the white wine? It's a talent. Does switch? it go with it, Brian, uh, drinks, or what? You, there's no more rules and laws about that. You know, drink what you like with what you like. Uh, okay. But, but Whatever. I would tell you, the shout-out to Pop would go better. The next wine would go better with the red sauce. That's the red wine. Yes. Oh, here we've got some plates now. Lindsay's coming with it. Well, this whole thing, this is turning into quite a day now. Yes. So here's the deal about this food. They make the meatballs and the sauce from scratch down there at Slice. They serve them as an appetizer with French bread on the side. You can get them uh, on a sub with provolone and with spaghetti as well. The bruschetta is a fresh-made tomato salad with salt, pepper, fresh basil, and extra virgin olive oil with grilled French bread on the sub. We've got all yeah. this sitting here. Bruschetta so goes real well with the sensei. Okay, so you want to try, try some bruschetta Shut here. Up. Do you say bruschetta or bruschetta? Bruschetta. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. Okay, Mitch. I, I say bruschetta because that's what Jay told me from Slice. He told me that's how they pronounce it. I'm pretty it. sure he knows more than Christy, I Christy, you're from Marrero. What's the correct way of saying it? Or it would really be the incorrect way of saying it. it would be right. the how correct would you say way it, Marrero? Um, probably, I don't even think if I could pronounce it from If Marrero. I showed you the words. I mean, I say bruschetta, but I would probably say like bruschetta or something like oh, that's, that. Okay, well, bruschetta. Yeah. We'll say bruschetta then. <laughs> so bruschetta. Tell, what, tell me what, what you're saying. What would little do you Try a bit of, try some bruschetta. And here's some meatballs as well. Tell me what you guys think of them. Slice Pizzeria's got a couple of locations. One is on St. Charles at MLK Junior Boulevard. And the other one's uptown on Magazine Street across Joseph Street from Whole Foods. And you can find them online at slicepizzeria.com. So come on, we have to try this. Let's try it. And then, well, this looks good. This is a, this is a tricky thing to eat on the radio, too, you know, because it's, it's kind of crunchy. It's got it's some crunchy. texture. Do we have any place? Thanks, Anusha Produce. Oh, thank you. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay, that's delicious. The bruschetta is great. Chris, are you trying some? Mm. Oh, yeah, I had some. It's fantastic. There's meatballs as well. That's okay. Good. So, Christy, bruschetta, bruschetta, meatballs. Those meatballs are awesome. How are we supposed to eat all this with all this wine and food here? It's crazy. So It's New Orleans. How did you get from Marrero? It really is. How did you get from Marrero to being an expert on fashion? So, um, that's a good question. Um, well, finally, right? <laughs> I, well, I started, I've always kind of been into fashion. Um, my mom said when I was probably like two years old, she would, you know, have me in like the shopping cart in the, you know, Dillard's or wherever. And I would grab clothes and say like mine and just start screaming. And, you know, so she knew she had a problem on her hands at that, at that point. Yeah. But, um, I've always kind of been into fashion and have like kept up with it. Um, I'll try to you know, on the, the little bit that I could, um, in living and growing up in Marrero, it's not like, uh, you know... Do they have a mall over there or something? Um, they have one mall, actually. They used to have two malls, um, Belle Promenade, back in the oh, 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah, the yeah. Belle Promenade. Belle Promenade, yep. So, and the fancy mall was Oakwood at the time. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oakwood yeah. is still there. It's still but, there. But it's in, it's in Algiers or Gretna. Gretna, Gretna. yeah. And if you went to Lakeside, I mean, you were just living the high yeah, life. really serious. You know, yeah. Have you tried this meatballs? I haven't tried the meatballs. They're tender. Oh, that's great. And beautiful. Yeah, that's really nice. Okay, yeah, so, sorry. So, yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, I've always kind of been interested in it. Um, well, there's a difference between just going to the mall as a two-year-old and grabbing crap off the shelf and making your whole life a fashion. I, I started, um, I remember there used to be this show um, it, when MT, on MTV when MTV actually stood for music television. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, there was another one on VH1, but it was called um, Fashion... Um, it was called um, House of Style. It was House Cindy Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So that was kind of my first foray into it. And there was another show. Um, Watching this, that. Right? Yeah, there was another show on VH1. I can't remember the name of the show. Um, but it was came on in the 90s. with And his name is Tim Blinks. He's a really famous um, fashion critic, if you will. He goes to all the shows and provides commentary. So that's kind of, it kind of was really exciting to me back then. You know, it was something so unique and artistic about it versus what you would just see, you know, on the streets of... Oakwood sub, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> like, did you start dressing like a freak? I, you know what, I did dress like a freak. I really did. Um, I used to wear shoes that were so ugly in high school that people would just like really like like point and laugh. And now, like you know, they're being sold at like all these like trendy stores. Right. Right. So I'm like, 
you know, I, I was a little, I, I was ahead of my time, I guess. <laughs> but, but isn't fashion basically taking diff, different textures and patterns and making them work instead of trying to do the Garanimals thing, you know, match? You know, when I was a kid, we wore Garanimals. You, know, you, had, the, you had the white shirt, you had, to have the white pants, you had to have the pink, you know, and you matched it that way. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go, back, go back a bit. What was the pink bit exactly? No, it would, the brand was called Garanimals mm-hmm. as a uh-huh. child, so it, it helped you. It helped you ma- um, map out your your outfit for the day because you did it as a child by color. Uh, really? Yeah, Garanimals. Garanimals. I think they're still around. I think How it's do you like know? Oshkosh. Well, that was the first like to tumble off the table. There is so everyone's... so fashion is you know it's it's mainly about taking risks. It's being you know. Creative and taking risks and not going by the standards and mixing textures. Did you have brothers and sisters, Chris? I do. I have um, a brother and a sister. Are they still over there in Marrero? No, we're all. None of us live in Marrero anymore, um, except for my my mama and my papa, and my mom. That's and what you call your your grandparents. Mama and papa. Everyone has an interesting name mm-hmm. for their grandparents. My, you, my, mine had the coolest name of all. Her name was Mama Honey. Wow, that's a good one. That's a yeah, good one. Mama Honey. That's, uh, and, Would that come from day. anywhere in particular? Or no, just a, I, I've just never heard night. anyone call a granny anything, but, you know, granny or mama or whatever, but we called ours Mama Honey. She was great. What was, about, what was your grandfather called? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't, never met him. Really? No, no I'm from the Trimmer. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have uh, full families all the time. But you never met him? He, <laughs> no. he was just gone. Yeah, he was, I think he was dead by the time I was born. Did you, I'm a, I'm, I'm a you late have, boomer. Do you have two parents? Yeah, I mean, did you they have stay to. together. <laughs> did they, did they, it wasn't a sexual reproduction, right? No, no. Did, no. They, did they stay together through your childhood? Of course, of course they did. And uh, I mean, of course they did. Well, my my dad is an old riverfront worker who basically, uh, you know, worked since he was sixteen on the riverfront. So I didn't have to. I went there one time, one summer, and yeah. I said, "The hell with this." Yeah, it's hard work. It's about a hundred billion degrees on the bottom of one of those ships. Yeah, it's hot, but they don't do that anymore. They got cranes and stuff like that. So, do they still? Have, what was that called? A stevedore? I don't that, really know. I didn't get that close to it. Stevedore, huh? Yeah, was it, that yeah. was what they called a stevedore. stevedore. I don't know whether that yeah. still exists anymore. Does that? He just called it that, hard work. That was really hard yeah. work. I mean, that's as hard as it gets. Yeah, lugging you know coal and bananas and crap out of the bottom of a ship. How about? Raw coffee beans with that temperature and the smell wow. in the bottom of one of those things. The day I worked, and then I said, I'm definitely going to college. <laughs> <laughs> you literally did one day with them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It I worked was... one day and I quit. Did you get hired? I mean, you were supposed to stay there. Well, they just hired bodies. Right. They, they worked day labor, they called it at that point. I could well, to yeah, make him 16, yeah. I was right. like, you know, $2 was a lot. Right. I, did, I made more money cutting grass, though. <laughs> As a child. But, Christy, what, how did you get to be a writer then? What, what did, did you go to school? I did go to school. Um, I, went to, I went to school for English. Um, I've always kind of, I've always been a sort of a writer. Um, I guess, you know, it's always just something that I've done, you know, is there's a hobby. Um, um, but I started doing, I guess I started writing in like a more professional um, capacity with when I started the blog, um, Slow Southern Style, and that was kind of like the catalyst for some some really interesting things. Um, Why is it called Slow? Slow Southern Style. It's actually um, a lyric from a song, Hot. Black Black Velvet. Um, and Ooh, I like that song. Yeah, yeah. So um, that and, and how does that go? Oh, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not embarrassing. I'm not embarrassing myself. I know the song. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, came out in late, late nineties, maybe. Yeah, uh, late nineties, early. Yeah, really? yeah late eighties, early nineties. It's, like it's a lady. Well, it's, Alana Miles. Alana, Alana Miles. That's who it was. Alana yeah. Miles. Yeah. Mitch, she, can you play that one? I don't know that one. I don't know it either. That's it. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good it. job, Chris. That was quick. <laughs> it, yeah. it is really a a, it's a silky, <clears throat> it's a silky. It's like the the female version of um, uh, what is that? Games by uh, Chris Isaac, kind of. Yeah, kind yeah, of same, Wicked Games. Same, yeah, Wicked Games. Yeah, oh, it's very sultry. It's, like it's, it's the opposite of that. But yeah, but it's the same. The name, the name, kind of. I, I kind of took that name, and and I've always loved that song. Um, and I kind of took the name and took slow Southern style because my blog deals with all about fashion in the South. 
And, you know, fashion in the South is a lot slower than, say, New York or L.A. Is that know? right? What does that mean, slower? It takes us longer to catch People, on? It does take us a lot longer to catch yeah, on. Yeah. Um, we're it's like not, two years behind, right? We're totally two years behind. No, um, right, are we? Yeah, two years. Like, if you see something in Vogue, maybe three years later, people are actually starting to wear it. Our producer, Anoush, is over there going, seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven. <laughs> are we really? What we're about all these people like you who are in, in design and... We've well, had, I think we've had fashion designers on our show. And I don't think it's a bad thing, though. You it's know, not, it's not a bad thing. The, the seersucker suit is, mm-hmm. is meant for the South, and if you see one up north, I think I would wonder where this person was, for, was you'd, from. You'd ask them where yeah. they're from immediately. Right, right. Yeah, people don't wear seersucker north of the Mason Dixon line. I can't imagine that they do. Well, it's not warm enough for a start. It's true. But yeah, so that that's kind of where you know I wanted to embrace this this cult you know the culture and um, I, I, had, lo- I love the name by the way. Thanks, yeah. And I had I had um I'm from you know like I said I'm from here and um, after Katrina I uh, lived in Arizona for about three and a half years. In really three and a half years, Katrina was you know it was only a I know few it was a long time. I, it's, it did was you, an extended. Did your place get wiped out? It was an extended evacuation. I like to call it. Did, I mean, no, did your actually, house get destroyed? You could you could have come back. My, I could have come back, but um, we we didn't for a number of, of reasons. Um, Who's we and what other reasons? Me and my my husband and I. What does your husband do? He is a counselor. He's a uh, licensed. He deals with just people who had got disturbed problems. Yeah, yeah. So he. Hmm. Um, it's a long story. He was worth. He was well. He was kind of short story. So he was working on his licensure here. Was halfway through, so we stayed in Phoenix for him to finish it. And then, then we moved back. I, I don't know how you survive the heat. It's a different heat. It's just like being in a confection oven. It really is. It's you like literally. Yeah. You never sweat because it just evaporates as soon as it. You right. know. Yeah. What did you do there while he was doing this? I was working um, at Buffalo Exchange. So I, w- I mean, I've been with the company for seven and a half years now. So I transferred out there. So I was really lucky that I, you know, had a had a job out there. So you, but you didn't get to be employee of the year at Buffalo. No, so I wasn't employee of the so year you there. Obviously, weren't that dedicated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think coming back because I've been back. We've been back in the city now for about four years now. Um, but I think I started the blog about three years ago, and it was kind of. Um, it's funny when you leave this place, you know, there's certain things that you take for granted and you start to really miss. And then when you come back, things that, you know, you really start like picking up on things instantly. Um, like walking down the street, you're like, wow, everybody's got boat shoes on. Everybody's got like, you know, khaki pants on. And you just start, I started noticing, you know, these like little, um, these little details. So I just started to start, you know, writing about it. And, um, and I was also looking when I, when I moved back, um, looking to kind of find different um, designers and find different um, local um, people who were writing about the stuff, and I couldn't really find the content that I was, you know, searching out. So I just decided to start Do making my own. Yeah, and that's just kind of how it started. Um, and then the professional writing, um, I was actually um, just started that, and then I've had some people find me and ask me to start writing for them, and it just kind of catapulted from there. So. Well, that's good. What do you write for uh, Gift Shop Magazine? Oh, that was a one-time gig. <laughs> well, yeah. it's on your resume. It is on my resume. And, and you have a stud in your tongue as well. I do, yeah. Yeah, I just noticed that. Yeah. Um, What's that all about? Oh, that's a leftover from the... You know, early two thousands. <laughs> see, fashion sometimes that's, stays with you. That's quite. That's quite a way back in your mouth there. That thing. Yeah. Is that um, normally that's sort of like no closer to the front of people? No, it's usually, in the, it's usually in the middle. What do you feel like? What does it feel like to have that? In like you I'm probably a, don't feel it anymore. Feel, I don't even notice it. I mean, I've had it for like. I mean, I probably can't twelve tell years. From speech. I would imagine if I had something like that in my mind, it would sound like I had a lisp or something. <laughs> What did you What did you do it for? Just for fun? Or? Just for fun, you know. I was going through that the phase. Mm-hmm. And what does that do for wine tasting? Mm. I don't know. It, That's it would interesting. Give it, a, it would give it a metallic overtone. I would yeah. imagine to everything. <laughs> <laughs> does it affect your taste? I wonder. I don't. I'm, I don't know. I It'd mean, we had to do a blind test on that. We'd we take should. it out, and not tell you that it was gone. <laughs> so you have a you played the flute at some stage in your life as well. I did. I played flute from fourth grade through college. How did that happen? Your mom was a music teacher. Yeah, my mom was a music teacher, and I think she always wanted the kids and the family to take some kind of creative endeavor. And she wasn't pushing you through a music store, and you grabbed it off. No, no. Um, She, I think, at one point, um, you know, she had us play like um, I took ballet lessons. There's not a graceful bone in my body, so that didn't really work out. So then I think I picked flute and and then stuck with it. It was wow. fun. Hey, so. let's just get, let's just. Well, I'm going to make you play it a minute because I made, <laughs> I made you bring it. I sent you. I know. I sent you a tweet. I got the tweet. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was reading your bio before I came here, and I said it's flute player, 
So I just tweeted you and said, hey, bring your flute. And you really, where was it? Where, where were you when you got that? Were you at home? I was at home. So I actually actually took it out and started practicing for two oh, hours. So you, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. I haven't so played in a long time. Oh, let's do it then. <laughs> let's ha- uh, first of all, well, we should just ask you what we're drinking, Brian, because I see we've moved on now to you. I mean, how drunk are we going to be at this well, point? Well, listen, let's, <laughs> My let's head is... I'll give you a quick recap of what we've had. The Billy okay. Carton Semo, oh, which is the, the Brute Reserve, uh, and the Sancerre. From uh, Henri Bourgeois is uh, the the white we're having, which is from the Loire Valley. It's Sauvignon Blanc, and it is crisp and beautiful. It's like like I told um, I tell people all the time: instead of putting lemon, just squeeze some of this, pour some of this right over shellfish. Where are they? Raw what's, oysters. It, what's it called? Sancerre. Sancerre. It's, it's oh, crisp. that's a type of. It's a type of. It's a region. It's a town. Right. A, a style of wine, and, and a particular grape is uh, Sauvignon Blanc. And the red, the last one, which uh, we just poured, is one of my favorite parts of the world that I would love to retire in, the Rhone Valley in the southern, southern part of France. It's uh, called Chateauneuf de Pop, which means New Castle of the Pope. During World Wars, they would evacuate or just send the Pope on a little vacation to protect him, and they would send him to these different places. And this particular time... Pope doing whatever war that was, I don't know which one it is, they evacuate him to this town and the Rhone region and they build a castle and they call it New Castle of the Pope, which is Shadow Nifty Pop. Wow. And it's you know it's a unique one because it's one of the few ones that has a variety of grapes in it from red and white. It's got fourteen different grapes in it. From wow. half I didn't like know eight there was. And, yeah. So what do you call that what's that called? That type Chateau of, Chateau Neuf de Pop it's type a, of wine it's a it's a it's this is made by Igigal, which is So Chateau Neuf de Pop is a type of it's wine. It's a town. It's a okay, city. So what is the All ty- the French wines are named after the city that they come from. Mm-hmm. Okay? So Chateau Neuf de Pop is the actual town. Igigal is the producer and the year is 06. Okay. And it has a unique soil uh, component built in it, and I'll just move on to the beautiful music after this, but the rocks, the stones are look like big old glaciers, glaciers form these stones, and they put them all over the vineyard. In the summertime, they work to keep the heat, the, the, the cool to the ground, right. and in winter, it keeps the warm in. So when the rain hits it, it takes all those minerals out of the rocks into the and the grapes eat them, the vines, and it comes out with the spicy Almost like fresh cracker, fresh cracked pepper spice with uh, the grapefruit components in this one. This is done. This is, this one does not have all fourteen, but it has eighty uh, percent of Grenache, ten percent Syrah, and five percent Mouvedre, and then the blend of a couple others. But how, um, it is it is unbelievable. You, how often are you drunk at the end of the day? I'm never drunk at the end of the day. I'm a professional. You don't get drunk. No, I'm not, not after I'm not, not after feeling 20, too good. After right twenty nine years of doing this every day, you really don't. Really? Overconsume, or you wouldn't be I in this. You wouldn't, no, you, no, wouldn't, no, you wouldn't be in we've this. We've had business. champagne, right. we've had white wine, we've had red wine, and now it's all mixed and up. And I had 35 and, and before 12. You had 35. <laughs> we thank God for the meatballs and the bruschetta, was all I can say from sliced pizzeria. Otherwise, we'd yes. really be shit faced here. Yeah. So I got to tell you, let's listen to some music, then I have to come back. I'm so out of it, I totally forgot to do this whole thing in the middle of the show that I was supposed to do. So, what are we going to listen to? Christy, the first time you played the flute, apart from your two hours of rehearsal today. I know. I'm really rusty. When's the last time you played for anybody? Probably, it's been a long time. Probably like eight years ago. Okay. Yeah. So you put it down for a while. Put it down for a while. Do you play at home by yourself? Like you get the flute out and... Sometimes. Put on Jethro Tull records? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jump no. around? Every now and then, every now and then I'll play. But um, yeah. it's really... It's, it's so you're a classical... Yes, strictly. Yes. Do we say flautist? You can say flautist. Flautist. Or you can say flautist. Or you can say flute player. It's kind of like the less flautist pretentious like way. Fish. Like a flounder. <laughs> it's yes. a flounder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> flautist is the correct term, but flute player would be the, you know. Yeah. I'm from Marrero. We call ourselves flute right. players. Okay. <laughs> so you're a, you're a fashion expert flute playing West Bank. She's got it all going yeah, on. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I know. It's just a whole package. Okay. Let's, uh, you want me to hold the music for you? Just put it on the, you can oh, put it on the cool. bruschetta. It's I'll, not going to stain it, like it or anything, is it? Maybe we can wedge it between some bruschetta. Yeah, bruschetta. Or, or bruschetta. Bruschetta. Bruschetta, you're supposed to say. If we're right, pronouncing it correctly. And this piece is called, I'm looking it upside down here, it's called Meditation. Meditation. It's a prelude from Bach. Okay. So if what I... got? Let's see. You can, if you screw up, we can you know stop and start again. Okay. 
I tell you that, what. That is talented. Yes. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thanks. That's great. You've really got, that's pretty courageous to sit here around this little tiny table and just Well, I've, I've had all the wine. You've so. had a, how many glasses of wine have you had? <laughs> but I've had so many, I forgot to tell you this. Christy, thanks for doing that. That was really nice yeah. of you to do that. Yeah, Very beautiful. Thanks for asking yeah. me. I would have never yeah. done it. Well, thank God you put it on your bio there or whatever that's I on. Know. Hey, let me tell you about NewOrleans.com, by the way. Because that's what I totally forgot to do. If you're listening to this outside of New Orleans and you're coming here, you're looking for something to do, you're looking for a hotel or a tour or need some advice on what to do while you're here other than drink wine, check in with our friends at NewOrleans.com, the official New Orleans travel site. And do you guys know about the New Movement Theatre on Burgundy Street? Love New Movement. Christy, isn't it the best ever? Love them, Those guys are geniuses. Chris and Tammy are friends of mine. They're so fantastic. The the whole troupe is. Chris and Tammy are like two genius comedians, the like of which you would expect to see anywhere in the world. And they're right here in New Orleans at 1919 Begonia Street. Brian, you've got to check it out, really. The New Movement Theatre, it's called. They're open Thursdays to Saturdays. Everything's pretty cheap or it's free. They have improv and sketch comedy classes as well. You can check them out at tnmcomedy.com. That's the New Movement Comedy.com for more information. Also, you can listen to Chris True and Tammy Nelson right here on itsneworlands.com where they do a show called True to the Game, produced by our very own Chris Kehoe sitting over there. Great. New Orleans' first badass sportscast. It's awesome. They're great. And that's it for the uh, for the middle of the show plugs, which I totally forgot. Mitch, thank you very much. Oh, that was welcome. very nice. Okay, so now we're on to the meatballs. Do you have any meatballs, Christy? I haven't had the meatballs yet. You have to try, you you have have to try, to try the, the meatballs. meatballs with the Neuf du Pas. Yeah, okay. good idea. That really goes This great. is lovely. I could just drink this all day. Yeah. Oh, my it, God. It is. It's great with anything off a grill, too. The, the spices just work Smoky, wonderful yeah. with anything off a grill that's been on a real grill, not one of those, you know. George Foreman? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> my dad. <laughs> it's Mitch Foreman. It's Mitch Foreman's dad. Mitch Foreman. <laughs> Hey, so, Brian, when you go overseas and you go to France and you go to these fancy places and <laughs> you're, trying, you're trying wine and, you know, you're leading a pretty good life by the sound of it. People really? look after you. You, like, travel, you know, the, you stay in a nice hotel and people take care of you. It's not like you're... No, no, they, they don't really put you up in a nice hotel when, you, when you own the company and you're doing the traveling. But when I do no, go for trying, a wine... They're trying to sell you stuff there over yes, there. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. When I go to Gigal, yeah. for instance, when they send me on a trip, they, they take care of you. And you eat very well, you taste wine all day, uh, you, you know, you, you're on a bus or a tour with a bunch of other wine people. And What are they yeah. like? What are wine people like? Goofy... Goofy wine geeks, cork dorks, is which we, we cork, kind of, cork, dorks. cork dorks is what we kind of refer to ourselves as. But we're really cool inside. You just don't know it. Mm. <laughs> What's the whole bunch of what? There's a whole busload of cork dorks. Um, and when they're talking about it's, wine, it's all the almost. Time? Well, there's always going to be one that wants to talk to every winery you go to and break down every component of the wine and all we want to do is get out of there, taste the wine and get out of there, but there's always someone asking way too many questions and then you, you know, by the end of the trip we we definitely any, eliminate that person. Any, any romances on the Cork Dork bus? Um, no, that happens anyway when you're drinking wine, for instance mm, I was telling a young thinking. man over here if, if you're, you know, dating just go to wine tastings. There's always a group of girls there, and usually they're always, you know, in, in a group, mm. and they're tasting how wine. They're drinking way more. Wait, 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 wait. They're drinking way more. Off of you and onto someone else. I know. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, wouldn't, come I, back I would never do this. You wouldn't? No, I wouldn't do this. Uh, so there's a group. There's always a group of girls who are interested in wine. Guys are not really into wine. They're into beer and heart liquor, and girls are into wine for the most part, for the elegance and the, and the fun of dressing up and going to wine tastings. Unless you're a cork dork, you're going there and really sample the wine. So a group of women will go, or a group of five or six, you know, and there'll be one, one or two that's had one too many. And you, it's just like you know, hunting at the line. Like shooting, just, <laughs> shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's my like, time you, to shine. Yeah, you just, yeah. you just wait to the end, and you know someone's already paid for the drinks. Uh, they've only, you know, they're, they're free. Are, you mean, they're they're free. They're taste. already done. Where do you go to get these wine tastes? This is like a wine shop. Or something. Wine shops have them weekly. You just prey on the weakest link. You know, she may not be the cutest. <laughs> she may not be the cutest, but I'm telling you, it's easy, easy, easy money. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> <laughs> this is not something you've done yourself, though. No, saying, right? never no, never. No. <laughs> no. So back to you. What's going on on the bus with the, with the romances? Is there anything? <laughs> no, there's nothing going nothing. on on, on so the bus dull. because you're because you're usually there with with you know you're, you're professional and there's 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 a usually not a really good blend. Who sets up the tour around Europe? Of, 
But the later it gets at night, it, you know, it, it might get a little fuzzy around the, you know, they say one beer, two beers. Yeah, it's, there's always one or two that just has one too many. And then, you know, but you've got, it's, you, the ratio is like 20 to 2, so it's not a... 20 to 2 what? Male to female on, on There's in the more wine guys business. than women. Yeah. In, That's interesting because you're saying that women are attracted to drinking wine in the general population. Yeah, but, but the buyers in, in the... In why? These, so why would that be? Why wouldn't women filter up and become... Well, they do. The, the women are, are absolutely taking over uh, the sales side of wine, but some of the, you know, the, the owners and the reps or some of these you know, older gentlemen are just... They won't go away. You don't leave the wine business. You kind of just stay in it because there's no reason to. You get to drink for a living. You don't lose your touch or your taste or anything? Yes, but no one, no one cares at that point. <laughs> you, you, you have enough credit in the, in, in the jar that the people just keep you on. <laughs> so you used to work at Galatoire's as well. Yes, yes. I, uh, I worked at Arno's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Galatoire's is an interesting place. Yeah, I was a, I was a captain. That was, Galatoire's was probably I the most my interesting there. job I've ever had. Really? Yeah, you met at his, Arno's. He was working there too? Yeah. I met a lot of guys in Seersucker at Galatoire's. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't For fashion meet, reasons. You didn't get married to someone, though, from... From Galatoire's? Oh, Wiles. Lord, no. They're, Are you single, by the way? Uh, yes, I'm single. I'm, I'm not... You know, I was, I was married at one point in my life to a musician. Hmm. Well, that was the first mistake right there. Well, <laughs> my grandma, Mama Honey, did tell me, never date a musician, and I did. Hmm. Said to make what did your, she play? She said, no, she, this was just a lesson that old, you know, Mama Honey said. She said, they make your ass shake and your heart break, and then they move to the next gig. Hmm. Good advice. <laughs> That's nice. Now, what did the, what did your wife play? Uh, she was a singer songwriter. She was a singer songwriter. Does she still live here? No, she lives in Houston. She she wrote songs for Bette Midler, Dinah Ross, Ray Charles. Wow. And, uh, wow. Very very talented uh, lady. No but, kidding. You know, she just didn't like people. And I'm a people's person. general. She didn't like people in general. Right. She wasn't a social butterfly. Right. And in well, my business, can, my life, I am. You have, I have to, be. to be. I have to be. Yeah. Well, that can it's work. like fashion. You have to go out and totally talk, yeah. talk to people, talk mingle. To people. Yeah. yeah. We just didn't have that. So you didn't have anything to do other than sit around, drink wine, or listen to something? She didn't, she didn't drink. She didn't drink? No. Uh, what? That was no good. What do you think no you good. fell in love with about her? Like I said, she was a very talented lady. She Right. Also played Holly Berry's double in two movies. She was very attractive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a lot to give up. She must be super wealthy as well. I just well. said she didn't drink. <laughs> you can't right. stay with yeah. someone who doesn't, doesn't drink. drink you can't trust it. someone who no, doesn't drink. No, it's true. <laughs> really? <laughs> what are you hiding, you know? Right, that's interesting. <laughs> you can't trust someone who doesn't drink on purpose. I mean, if you've got a problem, yeah, I understand. But on, by choice, no. You don't mm-hmm. trust that person. Is that right? So she just didn't drink as Like, I don't as trust a, a man in a bow tie. I, I don't know why would a man wear a bow tie. I know you're fashion, but... I don't trust well, that, a man that, in a bow tie. Why don't he, we, he's got an agenda. Why don't we ask? <laughs> let's ask the fashion expert. Why would a man wear a bow tie? Why would it wear? I think he's Muslim. A... <laughs> <laughs> no, usually lawyers do it to make you think they're straight laced and yeah. honest people. My dad wears one sometimes, but he's just a dork. All right, well. <laughs> Not a cook. Why Not does a cook. Uh, why do Lewis Farrakhan's guys? Why do those guys all wear bow ties? Uh, I have no clue. Christy, any ideas? Okay, what kind of guy chooses to wear a bow tie? There's been like a resurgence of guys wearing bow ties. Like a lot. Yeah, there's actually a bunch of local bow tie makers in the city that have kind of popped up. Good luck. Get me in one of those. (laughs) (laughs) What do you find untrustworthy about that, Brian? You think someone might be trying to make such a point? You you look like a clown in that thing. I I would never wear a bow tie. Christy, do you look like a clown in a bow tie? I think, personally, like my husband said he he would never wear a bow tie, but... I I, don't even wear a bow tie with a tux. I wear a straight black tie. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's... It's just not going to happen. I I think there's something, yeah, there's some... You have to be, you have to kind of go there, you know? You have to be a certain kind of guy who wears a bow tie, and there's... I think there's something kind of old-fashioned about it. It is. You know? But I think... I see a lot of young guys kind of like wearing that now. And they're getting beat up as they walk down the street. (laughs) (laughs) Now, should we make Mitch play one more song before we come back? I think so. I think we should. Mitch, what are you thinking of playing? I'm going to play a short little ditty called, it's called Falling Grace. It's written by a great bass player named Steve Swallow. And it goes something like this.
Yes, indeed. Yes. Mitch Foreman. Mitch, tell us what you're up to these days, other than sitting around here. Um, you know, I've been doing a little bit of some gigs, playing around a little bit. I've been working on some uh, recording projects with some singers. Uh, Are you playing? Have you got your own band going up the Mitch Foreman Quartet? No, I haven't been playing doing that that much lately. But, Who are you um, playing with then? Who are you going out with? Um, you know, I played with this guy, uh, Eric Marienthal, last week out in Chicago. He's a great saxophone player. Yeah. Another guy, Jerry Vivino, I played up near San Francisco last weekend, too. And uh, just a few different people. So people call you up and they just get you to come play with them. Do you rehearse with people or you just go play? Uh, lately, we just go play. So... Do you, are you reading music there? They give you the yeah chances? a lot of time. A lot of time. Uh, it depends. Some if it's a sometimes you're reading music and if it's more like a jazz gig, you just play standards and everyone kind of knows them. But I, you know what I love about those guys? They can just jump into a groove on stage with another band and just start playing, and it's just like a jam session. It's mm-hmm. it's really remarkable the way they can just you know find they can look in one another's eyes and know what they're going to do on the next. It's crazy. They're they're good. They're they're incredible people. Yeah. Well, uh, some of these. It's a lot of fun. I must admit. It's a good I have way to a make a living. I have a wine-related yes. question. Go ahead. I had because I had to send a, a gift to someone who kind of hooked me up with some good job, and I always uh, not always, but I go to like wine dot com and I just look for the high rating. Is there a website that you'd recommend for where to buy wine for people? Uh, WineSearcher dot com is probably the best resource for. Looking for price point, and it tells you the city, and it shows you the range of the wines. But just to be on the safe side, always give champagne because it's the easiest thing because you don't know if the person likes red wine or white wine, but they always use champagne at some point for a celebration or a graduation or some type of celebratory event, New Year's. It's going to get used at something. But if you don't know what the person drank, it's a good suggestion always to send champagne. There that is go. good advice. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And winesearcher.com is the place to go do it. Well, no, that's just a good resource. He asked for a good website. But the yeah, good, right. best place to go is just your local wine shop. There, there are people standing around there like me, cork dorks, waiting to help you pick out a better, you know, a great bottle that right. may, may not be as commercial as you want, which makes you look smarter. Are they insulted if you call them a cork dork? dork <laughs> usually not if they have any if they are real court dorks <laughs> it just kind of comes with the territory hey you guys we've drunk a lot of wine here today we've uh, we've had a lot of we've got a, had a lot of great food from sliced pizzeria did you what do you think of the meatballs i love it I me mean, too i really like that red sauce is awesome did you try they're, that they're, they're good i did people. i had a little i had a little bite it was delicious it goes with the wine doesn't it it does it's really good and it's bruschetta we have today bruschetta there's a very the fancy meatballs. guy over there one of the um um administrative guys over at slice joe who knows a lot about wine oh uh, really yeah he's a good That's, guy so they have good wine over there at slice yeah yeah That's very good, good wine there's two slices you can check out, one on St. Charles at MLK Junior Boulevard and one uptown on Magazine Street across Joseph uh, by Whole Foods and online. They're slicepizzeria.com. So thanks to Jay from Slice for bringing us yeah. this food today. This was excellent. Brian, thank you for bringing us these fabulous wines from the Wine Purveyor. Is that the name of it? Purveyor. Purveyor of Fine Wine. Yes. Brian Perkins, thank you so much thank for coming you. and joining us. And bringing I enjoyed it. Wine. Christy Laurio, thank you for coming. Thanks and for having me. And being brave enough to pull out the flute and play it. <laughs> We've got links to yours websites and stuff on our site so people can go and find out about Slow Southern Style and so on. That's Happy Hour for today from the Collins Hotel in Uptown New Orleans. Our producers are Melinda Hawes, Graham DuPonte, Trish Kaufman and Anoush Karun. Our associate producer and technical director is the fabulous Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and our web designer and link to the real world is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Mitch Foreman the Fabulous is playing the piano now. He wrote this theme song you're listening to. It's New Orleans at gmail.com is our address if you can stay upright for about an hour and drink about four glasses of wine and still speak at the end of it and like to come on our show, drop us a line. Our show is recorded live at the columns. You can check out our other happy hours. And our other shows, Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic. True to the Game with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. 
And when, when our new show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Steve Wynn and Q, when that's all on itsneworleans.com, where you can keep up with us by liking us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter, and you can sign up for our mailing list at our website, itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to this on iTunes, thanks for subscribing to us. Before you have another one of these glasses of wine, take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love that. Happy Hour is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Mitch Foreman on piano, Christy Laurio and Brian Perkins here at the Collins Hotel, and all our production staff, I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.